0: All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Sunday, April 23rd. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton.
1: Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, that is not the only name I'm going to say right now because we have a guest. We have our horror expert, horror correspondent, the man who is hashtag horror lifestyle the hoes holding yeah. up video the book. That's how horror man. lifestyle this man is. <laughs> he is here from the New Flesh podcast. The co host of the New Flesh podcast, Brett, is here. Thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you so
2: much. It is an absolute honor to be here. I've got my, my late night DJ smooth voice on, nice. trying to keep the wife. Asleep. <laughs> yeah. Keep the, keep the dog downstairs. I don't want him coming up here, interrupting the raw feed. We, yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah. I I told keeping it sexy. I told my wife that she needs to keep it down. Whatever she's doing, the other <laughs> we're record, recording. We're yeah. recording. Keep it down. And we've got my
2: mic picks up everything.
1: <laughs> and this, I told this is not just me and Clayton, which is always a big show. This is we've got the co-host of the New Flesh here to talk about. Evil Dead Rise, and the state of horror as of today. So let's get into it, Clayton. Could you give us a plow, an official plow, for this weekend of Friday, April 21st, 2023?
0: Yes, number one. The Super Mario Brothers movie made $58.2 million, down only 37%. It lost 21 theaters. It's at $434.3 million in its third weekend. Number two, a newbie, Evil Dead Rise, made $23.5 million in its first frame. Number three, another newbie, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, made $6.2 million in its first weekend. Number four, John Wick Chapter Four. Made $5.7 million down only 29%. It's at $168.8 million in its fifth weekend. And number five, Air made $5.5 million down 29%. It's hemorrhaging theaters, though. It's lost 684 of them. It's at $41.7 million in its third frame now i think i'm going to go all the way to 10 here because wow. number six we got dungeons and dragons honor among thieves made 5.4 million dollars down 28 percent lost 364 theaters it's at 82.1 million in its fourth weekend number seven the pope's exorcist made 3.3 3 million dollars down 63 percent it's at 14.9 in its second weekend and number eight, Renfield, oh my goodness, $3.1 million, down 61%. It actually added three theaters. That must be a mistake. It made $13.6 million <laughs> in its second weekend. And number nine, Bo is Afraid, the A24 Ari joint, made $2.7 million. That's a plus 746%. It added 961 theaters, so this baby went wide. It's at 3.1 million in its second frame. And number 10, a crunchy roll, Shizumi is $1.6 million, down 68%. It's $8.4 million cum after two weekends. Rounds out our top 10.
1: Wow. All the way to 10. That is where we're at at the box office right now, where there are enough movies of note that we can't just do a five plow anymore. We may have to make a 10 plow a regular feature. So Clayton, you know, you gotta, you gotta get your, your endurance up and and run up the sides of mountains, whatever you need to do, because you might be going to 10 every single week. So, well, I'm going to run around that track at the Lincoln Square AMC that supposedly exists
0: now, if you heard about it.
1: That was stunning. That was a stunning tweet that a friend of us, uh, a friend of ours sent us earlier today. There was a there was a racetrack. Did you know this, Brett? There was a racetrack around the top of the AMC Lincoln Center in New York City, which I know, you know, New York City isn't where everyone lives, but it's where everyone should live. So this is important for everyone.
2: Yes, I, I did not know this. I'm currently obsessed with this information. I want to go there tomorrow and investigate. Um, I, I do know that the AMC Empire 25 in Times Square has a bunch. Of, I think there is a there's like a track situation. There's a balcony situation. There's a bar in the main lobby that they don't use that's on like a floor above. And I am constantly to nobody. Just I go to movies by myself, so I say this to to nobody. I'm always like, they got to do something with this. They got yes. to open these. They got to open these doors. Yeah, because I'm assuming the Lincoln Square track isn't accessible. Like you couldn't just leave the IMAX screening of Bowen and* afraid and take a lap and come back.
0: I wish you could, and I think it would be so great if we all decided to run a marathon together and mm. exclusively trained. Only at (laughs) movie theater tracks. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we have to be the 25, the Empire 25, if that exists, the one at Lincoln Center. We would have to do all of our workouts there yes, and eat all of our meals there as well.
1: And we should run our charity that we run uh, on behalf of should be uh, Cineworld, you know, the owners of Regal's. That should be who we uh, uh we list. Think our... of the theater owners, yes. you guys. Think yes. of the theater owners, yes. The yes. billionaires. We should we should all run the New York City marathon in November, exclusively training at AMC tracks, and all proceeds should go to the uh, corporate owners of Regal. That I think yeah. that's a great thing for all of us.
2: I've I've heard of Britney runs a marathon, but Brett, Pat, and Clayton run a marathon for Cineworld?
1: Amazon. Get yeah. on that. That's I, you sequel. know what
0: and they're putting stuff in theaters so that baby would go straight to theaters.
1: So guys, let's get into before we get into the big new horror movie that that opened rose near to the top of the top 10, let's take a look at some holdovers from last weekend and finally settle uh, a little a, a slight disagreement Clayton and I had last week. We'll breeze through this So last weekend, we'll breeze through this. I I love this. I (laughs) set aside, set aside 10 to 20 minutes.
0: If if this was the other way around, there'd be crow being served in like several ways. Like here's, here's a, a foam that's crow to start out. And then here's some crow poppers for your appetizer. And then here's a main course of crow. That's what you would be doing. But no, since I'm right then I, this is just going to be a breeze past. Can I, can, situation.
1: I, can I just quickly set the table and then we'll move on. So, of course, the last weekend I said. Uh, will the table be set with Crow? That Renfield. Russell Crow, Ren- Russell Crowe, maybe. Russell Crowe, the star of the Pope's Exorcist. Uh, Renfield. They both open the same weekend. I made the case that they did not really overlap too much in audiences, that they did not, quote unquote, cannibalize each other. Clayton, of course, said that. Either of them, if they would have got the weekends of themselves, would have made more money. I disagreed. Uh, and you played this on your weekend preview, which I was absent for. I was on assignment. But then Brett, uh, remind everyone uh, what you said on your great podcast, The New Flesh, in terms of Renfield and Pope's Exorcist opening the same weekend.
2: I mean, I think the very first thing I said on the episode is welcome to The New Flesh podcast because the Pope's exorcist and Renfield are cannibalizing each other at the box office. We are going to cannibalize. Uh, we're going to do the same thing on the episode. Yeah, Cannibalize the episode with both movies at the same time,
0: which we did. Okay. And you were kind enough to let us use that intellectual property, which is your podcast. Oh, did you, did you clear that with my team in advance? Uh- uh, uh well Pat said that I had the okay, so here we go. Now Pat, did you get me into some sort of legal situation?
1: I, I did not appear on the episode in which you use that intellectual property, so that is a YP and not an MP in terms okay, of we'll any legal it. proceedings. But basically Brett We'll
2: be hearing from my Pope's Exorcist Attorney. Okay, okay. So if you But well, we can table that for later. That's, That's okay. the sequel, is the Pope Exor- the Pope's Exorcist Attorney. One of 199 sequels. I don't know if you saw this movie, but it's, it has the most aggressive sequel pitch I've ever seen in a movie. Wow! It's fantastic. That I they literally. Oh, sorry if that's a spoiler alert. I kind of dropped that on everyone unbeknownst that it was coming. But yes, at the end of the Pope's Exorcist, there's kind of a classic sequel tease where, like, the Pope's Exorcist gets into a room and there's some shadowy figure who's been like, you know, giving him assignments the whole time, and. It's classic sequel stuff where he goes, "Well, there's more, there's more stuff for you to do, Mister Pope's Exorcist." But this one specifically goes, "Sir, we've highlighted 199 sites for you to visit." That's a bit, va- and then, yeah, wow. it's incredible. So, so it's an incredible call. So
1: they didn't, they didn't have a great one that they could highlight as like this will be what gets excited, uh, gets everyone excited for the next movie. You know, famously. They didn't have the end of Batman Begins where they show the Joker's card and everyone's like, oh, great. Right. That's the next no. movie. Instead, their thing was like, we have no single pitch for the, what the next movie will be. So let's just pitch. There is unlimited sequels. Yes. Yes. Interesting. They're just saying,
2: if you guys enjoy this, there there will be more. I was really disappointed that it didn't end with like a James Bond-esque card that said like the Pope's exorcist it, it will, will return. Be, yep. The, the, it, it's a bummer, but I it felt like it did anyway. The, thi- the
1: thing with and you you talked on your great podcast, The New Flush, about how the Exorcist is a classic movie that has spawned nothing but mediocre to bad versions of these exorcism movies. The only yeah. card you could play at the end of the Pope's Exorcist is throw down a card and say, next up, it's the demon from the Exorcist. Like that's mm-hmm. yeah, Pazuzu. Pazuzu's right. It. Like, and that's not a famous, like, I don't think anyone really off the street knows that name the way they would know Joker. So there's just no great IP within the Exorcist format other than just saying, remember that one Exorcist movie that everyone likes and is good.
0: Yeah, I would probably, if I heard Pazuzu, I would probably mistake it for Joe Azuzu which I think mm. would be a really awesome common misconception. If he yeah. got possessed, that yeah. would be great. Yeah.
1: So David Leisure I think his name was. The Pope's Exorcist <laughs> uh in its second weekend is now up to 14.9 million, dropped 63% the second weekend. I I personally don't see this ever getting a sequel that well, would get us Russell Crowe. I mean, I could see it being a straight to DVD sequel with a knockoff actor. But do you, what do you think, Brett?
2: Well, I would have to check uh, the the archives here and see what the budget on this movie was. I'm assuming it was fairly small, probably under twenty. Mm-hmm. Because if you were to flip over to the international box office for this movie, this is one of those cases where they Sony actually opened this abroad mm-hmm. before they opened it here. They actually didn't screen it for critics here in the U S. Mm-hmm. Really, they screened it for critics in the U K. and um, it's doing, like, it has 37 interna- in, the, in the international box office at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been out for, I haven't checked, but probably an extra couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But that's it's, it's basically sitting at 52 worldwide, which wow. isn't great, but, like, it could hang in there. I don't know what the next few weeks look like for the Pope's Exorcist, but there's a world where it skates by enough to, for us to get the
1: Pope's Exorcist's. Or the Pope's exorcist attorney, or whatever wow. I was. mean, if they kept that budget at fifteen or less, then yeah, that's I, I'm possible. reading it's eighteen. 18 yeah. Google's
2: telling me eighteen, so it's it's kind of right in that wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to if if Russell Crowe was just looking for a franchise, which I'm sure he he wants to have a job booked every other year, and if they could where's unhinged,
2: where's unhinged two? where's unhinged Uh that's what i'm saying
0: well i think that has to do with maybe solstice studios mm. not being able <laughs> not being a going concern anymore yeah
2: yeah it's probably all yeah covid was a strange time at the box office i don't it, unhinged was i drove talk about unhinged i drove to new jersey okay to go see unhinged in theaters and it's opening weekend because theaters in New York were not open yet.
1: Did, did you wait in, in a hard top theater or in a drive-in? Oh, hard. Top. Oh, This wow. is like the first weekend wow. of theaters
2: opening. Excellent. Uh, again. And I went in there and there, there were all two, two or three of us yes. had a great time with Russell Crowe as Eric Cartman in. On oh, yeah. It's a very interesting. So, film. so but Clayton his
1: authoriti- I, yeah, Clayton and Damn I did straight. famously see Unhinged at a drive-in uh, that year, which was both of that our. That feels
2: right because he, he does a lot of driving in that movie. He's like really a lot of shots of him angry behind a wheel. Yeah, you, know? you, yeah. you
1: kept wanting the the drive-in to pull off the trick of driving a a, a giant truck through the screen at you. Mm. You know, have some some old yeah. cars that you could just run over at this drive-in. That would have been great, but they the the budget wasn't there in COVID times for this movie to do that kind of stuff isn't it
2: it's interesting that pope's exorcist an 18 million dollar movie that had much less ad spend than say something like renfield which was universal put they spent what on that movie isn't it isn't the number on that like 65 or something yeah yeah yeah. 65 plus ample fucking marketing like tons of marketing uh, and it bombed. It's like there's no way to spin Renfield other than it bombed. It's continuing to bomb at the moment. It is bombing in the theater right now. Yes. That does not have a caveat where I can say, look at The International. It's like, no, The International's $4 million. No. This movie... Has not cracked 20 million. No, Yeah. And it's it's, it will have trouble doing it. In
1: its second weekend, Renfield is now at $920 per theater average. That Mm. is a disaster. (laughs) That is a total. I mean, listen, Clayton and I last week on the show, we love Nicolas Cage. I'm sure he's awesome in this movie. But I think he is
2: awesome in the movie. It's very frustrating that the movie around his terrific performance is such a mess. It's very clearly. Uh, cut, like cut to shit, like cut to ribbons, like there's narration thrown on the beginning that feels wrong. Scenes just kind of like fade to black. It is very truncated in that weird way that I don't know if you saw Cocaine Bear. I also felt that about Cocaine Bear and it's it's the, the new Universal special.
1: 93 minutes, please.
2: That's their new model.
1: It's a great, uh, I saw you had a great tweet about this several weeks ago Mm. where you claim to be the guy at Universal who cuts every (laughs) of their movies to be 90 minutes and we all thanked you. That was a great tweet. So actually, that leads me to, let's talk quickly about the, you know, before we get to Evil Dead, the state of 2023 horror does seem to revolve around these quasi-horror comedy esque universal b movies you know there are there have been obviously horror movies but at the box office it's your cocaine bears your you know violent night open the end of december you've got your megan's which are movies that will qualify as being covered on the new flesh but are obviously not evil dead type big horror movies but those seem to be working until renfield renfield's the first of these that has not been a success this year
2: and Yes. And I would chalk that up to that movie being like doomed from conception. Mm-hmm. It's just like Ren failed was never going to work as you know, Universal is the is mo- Universal Monsters, right? We were all like, why don't you tap your, you know, storied history of Universal Monsters and make stuff? They tried with the Dark Universe, the Mummy, Tom Cruise, failed. That led to um God, what did that lead to? Sorry, my cat is like gnawing on the door or something, and it distracted me. I mean, your cat probably um,
1: knows, but it just is not <laughs> able to say, which is such a... It's um, so sad. So
2: the, the the mummy failed, and then we got uh, Lee Wannell's uh, The Invisible Man, right? right? Like a new, yeah. auteur-driven like, let's get filmmakers do their own thing, and we all thought that was going to be the model. And then suddenly, they're like, new idea. What about three different Dracula pitches? And they're all kind of goofy. Or mm-hmm. one of them is What if Renfield was the lead, which is like, you know, people used to make fun of Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy as like characters that aren't, you know, a A list characters. And there's no way those are going to be hits. And they were hits. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the thinking behind like, oh, we're universal. We can make Renfield a movie that like Renfield above the title. We'll sell it. Mm -hmm. And they fucking sure tried to. Um, They spent the money on the movie and on marketing. But the movie was just like. It has no idea what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. It's like a comedy, like the idea of Renfield being like a comedy about uh, Dracula's relationship with Renfield through a modern lens, right? Where it's like he realizes it's a toxic codependent relationship, and there's like there's like a seed of a good idea there, but mm-hmm. the movie sprints away from that idea and is like an action comedy starring Aquafina mm. about a corrupt police force in New Orleans. It's oh. it's just like a um. mess. So the it's it's completely. Just the wrong it's just confusing. It's mostly confusing. Um, but yeah, that movie underperforming has more to do with the fact that I think everyone agreed when that trailer came out. Like, oh, this looks bad. Yeah. Like, why would you make a movie with Dracula, uh, Nick Cage's Dracula as the selling point and the movie's called Renfield? Mm-hmm. It's just very confusing. Like, I know a
0: lot of people who thought he played Renfield
2: because or like uh, Nick Cage played Renfield why, because why? why wouldn't yeah. you think that he's the that.
0: bigger star of the two? No, no offense to Nicholas Holt, but he's right. you know, no
2: offense to Nicholas Holt, who is one of our greatest twerps on film. Mm, yeah, he's doing great stuff lately. Absolutely, uh, and Renfield and the menu, um, and plenty of other twerpy roles. The favorite. I'm trying to think of what other stuff. Um, but Renfield is just one of those concepts. That, it's like one of those spec scripts that sells, and you're like, really? Like that's what you want to make? Mm. Like okay. It's just confounding to me. Robert, the movie's a mess.
0: Didn't Robert Kirkman come up with the story? So I feel like that he gets a story credit. So Robert Kirkman Mm, probably was, you know, he's a guy that's made a lot of money for a lot of people. And they were like, this guy might know what he's talking about. And so I think probably what happened, and I don't know. This may come out. He had this story idea and then it just went wrong because. Well, yeah, they got took it in, took it in a wrong direction, like you said yeah it's uh, there, there's like an edit
2: you know in the editing room there might be a version of this movie that i think is fine versus like pretty bad uh-huh. but the that's the that, that's the problem with this movie it was always going to top out at okay mm, yeah what is people are people gonna go like oh yeah my favorite film of last year was renfield mm. like it just it just seemed like the bar was never set very high for that one yeah and i cannot but it's it's like negli it's you know, it's one of those things where you're like, someone at Universal should lose their job over this one. Like, who the fuck thought this was a good idea? It's one of those movies you can't, where I can't imagine people showing up on set every day to make it. Like, I'm like, you guys all showed up every day, huh? Right. Yeah. right. You shot that movie. It just feels so strange that no one said anything the whole time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this isn't working, you guys. It, it, if
0: you um, see something, yeah. say something, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that even it, if yeah. it's a Hollywood set, a subway station, whatever, <laughs> man, say something. Yeah.
1: I guess so the, the one saving grace is the person who is responsible for moving Renfield forward also might have been the person who made Cocaine Bear happen. And I think none of us like that movie, but it was a success. You know, Universal mm-hmm. is a right now three for four in terms of their last, you know, these. Yeah, 100 movies that, you know, cost hey, more power million. to them.
2: I appreciate it. And I don't know if you're aware, in addition to Renfeld, we've got Voyage of the Demeter. Yep. Another Dracula movie where Dracula's on a boat. On, it's on a it's a it's a road, it's a road movie, mm-hmm. you could say. Um and then we've got the readier what are they what are they called? Not the Ready or not guys. Well that's that is what they are, but they're are the radio silence guys. Yes. The guys who did the new Scream movie. They just sold something to Universal or are signed on to do a scream. Script that's already there yeah. that's called Dracula's Daughter, where some, some group of you know criminals kidnaps a girl and it turns out to be Dracula's daughter. So, Universal all in on not just B movie concepts, but specifically all in on Dracula at this moment, and no word on what happened to the Wolfman or what happened to the Invisible Man sequel that was rumored, yeah, and all these other projects. Well, it's pretty confusing to me,
1: actually. yeah. Before but, we get I off mean, of this, yeah. I mean, I think that one that that is shocking to all of us is that and and i think it's just a one of the you know listen COVID had a lot of victims and one of them was the invisible man franchise and that movie coming out when it did it probably gets to over 100 million domestic if if the pandemic never happens and the sequel did it it
2: not get pretty close to that i I feel like it i mean the story was like that movie did very well, even in spite like it oh. was the last thing to do. Kind of, oh, it did
1: 64. It, okay, it did. Yeah, right. I, I think that was a that's mo- not 100. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I think you're it was right. on, you're the box office boy, excuse it me. Was, I don't know what I'm it doing. It was on the case No, listen, you're your you're hashtag, horror lifestyle. So, this is mm-hmm. you know, this is our perfect nexus point. But yes, that definitely is a movie that the hundred million dollars, whether it's an arbitrary mark or not, it just is that magic moment. If you're if you follow yeah. the box office, and if that movie crosses that in a mythical April of 2020 where there is no pandemic, we've probably no we've got a date for Invisible Man two on the calendar. That that's you know my you know what number I'll the grave with I
2: want to there's a number I want to see that I don't think is like I don't think they give these numbers out. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know how many people. What's the revenue of the the premium on demand for that? For specifically that movie, right. which I feel like was the first one that they were like, hey, COVID just happened. This movie's been in theaters for two weeks, and we can't, and theaters are closed. Let's put it at home, charge people 25 bucks. let them watch it. That had to be massive yeah. for them. Yeah. They had we to got, make tons
0: of fucking money. We got numbers for Trolls, the Trolls sequel. That was the one that we yeah, got I PVOD right. numbers for. But you're right. I mean, Invisible Man, that movie... Would ha- probably did Bafo Stremo, you know, uh, it had to, have yeah, because that was a, a movie that everybody wanted to see, and then they weren't allowed to or they couldn't because all you know, because the theaters were closing down. It, it's truly the only movie I think that can claim that it got its knees cut out, really. Because most of the yeah. other movies coming out around that time were not gonna do well, like Bloodshot was not gonna be a hit. And the right. fact yeah. that it got cut and off by COVID is just kind of like that movie was not going to do. I also
2: Bop-a-bop-o-bo. I also would argue Onward was never going to be a One hundred size. Thank you for saying right that.
0: Yeah. History. <laughs> yeah. That movie was yeah. DOA before COVID. And that's and listen, that's so funny. It was the last movie I saw. Uh, Before theaters shut down It pushed Pixar's kind of descent A little bit, kicked it down the road a little bit Because it had something to cover up Why it was a failure That movie, if it had If there had been three or four more months Before COVID hit, that movie would have failed We would be looking at another movie That made less than Good Dinosaur Or maybe on par with it Yeah, yeah So, And that was like the start uh, Not to get on a tangent,
2: but like I cannot believe what Disney has done to their theatrical business since COVID, oh, like it yeah. at some point went from negligible to actively destroying it. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I think the
2: the turning point was turning red. Yes, I'm. Not, we, we probably litigated
1: this. Oh, at the time, I would say at this point, what Disney has done to Pixar qualifies as being hashtag horror lifestyle. That is how mm-hmm. bloody <laughs> and yeah. disgusting. Uh, it has been and like
2: elemental feels like a bomb waiting to go 100%. off too in a way. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Not it's... quite on onward level, but like they've made people, they've made Disney plus their whole thing. Yeah. Like no one, I can't imagine people going to see a Disney movie. Yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. inside I mean, out again. Yeah.
0: It's just, they just are remaking their movies now.
2: That's and spec- it's, yeah. specifically why that one doesn't feel like it's going to break through, yeah. but maybe, you know, it could very well. Encanto was huge for them. That wasn't Pixar. That was just, Disney. No, that was, right. just, that was just Disney.
1: Um, 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 yeah, Pixar. I don't know. Pixar it's is starting to times. feel like a, an asylum films, a films level production company. What are they
2: doing? Yeah. I mean, Luca straight to streaming? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it, it's a disaster. And there was another there. one too. I thought there was three or four. It was like unbelievable. It, it's they a did. total Soul? disaster. Soul went straight to straight to streaming. <laughs> it,
1: what are they doing? But here is a franchise that is clearly. If not on the rise, it is as stable as the franchise gets. Let's talk about it. Evil Dead Rise. Guys, it debuted this weekend. And coming into the weekend, the final sort of prognostications, the, the estimates that we were getting out there were $13 to $18 million. That is what the predictorati we're saying for this. Now I couldn't be on our BO boys weekend preview episode on Friday. Clayton covered. I heard Clayton, you were predicting 19 or 20. You thought that the estimates were low and guys, this came in for the weekend at 23 and a half million dollars. So Brett, let's start with you. The evil dead franchise. Is it as, is it, Maybe more successful, not creatively. I mean, listen, Clayton and I are not critics, huh? Brett is a critic, huh? Good, huh? huh? They are. But Mm -hmm. creatively, obviously, the Raimi films are just better movies than the 2013 remake than this movie. But yeah, box office wise, 23 and a half million. This is incredible. So, Brett, talk to where we are right now with Evil Dead, with this franchise, how Rise sat for you. Go for it. Uh, well, Rise, the
2: very interesting thing about it is it's the same story that happened to Smile, where Smile was a movie that was supposed to go straight mm-hmm. to Paramount+. Plus. That was the plan the whole time. Some, I think it was the CEO of Paramount watched it at home and then immediately called somebody at the company and was like, put this shit at test screenings. We're going to put it out theatrically. We have to. Was that Brian Robbins?
0: Course, was it Brian...
2: was the direct director of um varsity films Burns. such as the, the, the shaggy dog remake. Mm, yeah. But of course, varsity blues is a better pull than that. I looked at his Wikipedia page earlier today because his name came up and during this anecdote. Yeah. Um, but so smile, you know, they tested it. The, the testing agreed that it should be in theaters. They, they, made this $17 million movie like a tentpole campaign thing for them. They spent $50 million to market it, and it worked, right? Mm -hmm. That movie made $200 million plus worldwide uh, for a... It's being called... I don't know if you saw this article, and I forget where it was, Hollywood Reporter or something. It was a breakdown of it and why it was the number one most profitable movie of... Was it last year? Wow. Like $101 million profit off that movie um from like you know the theatrical the streaming deals and the vod all that stuff
1: mm-hmm. so um, more than black so Adam.
2: W- yes yes definitely more than black uh, Adam. It, the rock is, um,
1: is getting the financiers to check on that brett but uh for now we'll assume your math is correct mm-hmm. yeah for sure um so evil dead rise is
2: kind of the same situation where it tested really well And it was supposed to be an HBO Max thing. And this was at the time when our boy Mm Zaslav showed up and was cutting everything and making everything a streamer instead of a theatrical release. And this was one of maybe two things I can think of. And I I have the other one handy because I had to go screen it at their offices because they didn't screen it anywhere else. Um, But they put two movies from HBO Max that were supposed to be on HBO Max into a theatrical thing and pushed them down the line. The first one was House Party. Oh, yes. Which which should have
1: stayed on HBO Max, honestly. It was heinous. Mm-hmm. Very bad movie. We, we, I, um, I fell asleep after 20 minutes of it, but I did give it a try. Mm-hmm. It's very, very bad. Yeah. And
2: then Evil Dead Rise, which, um, you know, it worked out, right? It, it had a $23.5 million opening. Not to toot my own horn, if you listen to my other podcast, Roger Ebert and Me, which is a imitation of slash tribute to Siskel and Ebert, we review every movie every Friday that comes out. Amazing. Um, I pred- I predicted this exactly. Nice. It was obvious to me that it was going to do over twenty, mm-hmm. despite the prediction being fifteen to twenty, because horror always wins yes. mm-hmm. at the box office. How many times can we have this story? It's like the same. It's uh, it's the same thing with like. I feel like black lead films mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always get. Like at the box office, always like, oh, this movie overperformed. It's like, it didn't overperform if your tracking was in line with how these movies always do. Right. 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 And I feel like that's what's happening with the Evil Dead Rise tracking and stuff. But you know, I get why they, you'd rather track it. You rather, you know, the studio rather put out tracking to the press that says it's lower and then overperform than the other way around.
1: Right. So I get that. But Um, that 13 million to 18 was absurd. Absurd. Yes. Um,
2: Evil Dead Rise, 23 and a half. Uh, what did the Evil Dead remake make in it, 2013? I think twenty five. Yeah. So that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, it's about the same, but like you have to take inflation into account. So it's not as it's not even as good as that. Um, but you know, it's a different theatrical landscape
1: now, right? Right. Mm. And I think that Evil Dead 2013 remake really and I forget where Ash versus the Evil Dead falls in this timeline. If it had already been yeah, on TV a- before that, or it's it came after, after. No, it's after. It it's after. So that yeah. Evil Dead 2013 really was played up as a "Hey, we're finally doing it," you know. And even mm-hmm. though the yes, you know, and- in a way that this Evil Dead Rise now is like "Hey, we're doing it again," and it's been 10 years, but it's not as big of an event.
2: I don't even know how many mainstream audiences at the time in 2013 were aware of Evil Dead as a franchise and what it was. The sell wasn't to I mean I'm sure the cell was it's a remake of a movie that you know but the real cell that's all over the poster I actually had this poster in my college apartment because I worked at a movie theater over the summer and I would always take posters uh, it was just the words the most terrifying movie mm. you will ever experience yep. was the, the entire marketing campaign for mm. that movie was you will not believe how fucked up this movie is and like it delivered on that promise in terms of like it's just buckets of blood and stuff like that yep. and mutilation and memorable gore licking the the the, the knife razor blade, the blade. Yeah. razor blade yes yep. and uh, the electric knife the fucking chainsaw ballet fucking raining blood um, it delivered on that but yeah it, this one is definitely more tied to the franchise and like has a lot of easter eggs and pays homage mm-hmm. in ways that you know we're not going to review it on this podcast but like in ways that will work for some and won't work for others you know but as a pure horror experience like hey go let's go out on friday night and go see a horror movie i think evil dead rise 100 delivers on that and i was surprised to see you guys talk about cinema scores on here a
1: lot or ever we do yeah yeah do Do, do you have the cinema score handy there
2: yeah so evil dead rise had a b which is pretty good for a horror movie yeah and like horror movies famously like link languish in the seas i feel like Mm -hmm. and evil dead 2013 C++. Yeah. Mm. So like this it's interesting to me that this would track as more audience friendly. Um but you know, CinemaScore is more a value of like did the marketing get the right people in there well, and mm-hmm. you know,
1: I yeah. I could understand that cuz I think a strength of this movie and I I did see this this uh this film opening night is that it does deliver what the the trailer was pushing which is it's gonna take place in a in a in a apartment building and not a cabin. And the mom, it's gonna be a lot of mom stuff. And it really does deliver. The movie does a great job of having this mother and aunt character be the hook for this movie. So yeah. I, I do think audiences didn't come away uh surprised at what was in the movie which is always like you said that's the the low cinema scores is more the disconnect than it is even the quality of the movie it's just like did we go in there thinking it's one thing and then it's the other and i think evil dead rise did a great job of having a hook you know it wasn't just we're going to the cabin again and here's new teenagers that version probably does pretty poorly because it doesn't have the you know the juice that the 2013 version did of yeah it. It like, i mean hey, this is the first time we're remaking it
2: right and this one hey they cut a great trailer yep. for evil dead rise oh, and absolutely. it was one of those one of those viral situations where like everyone i feel like everyone saw it and was talking about it or knew what it was and yeah i think the mother sell. yeah it's interesting that these remakes both are like very modern and the, of their time and that like they're both about trauma yep. they have to be about something 2013 is about addiction this one's about motherhood Mm -hmm. where like to me evil dead is like the last thing you want to start grafting that shit onto so like that's why i kind of reject this inherently even though i admit that the movie works on its own merits but i still am like tutting it a little bit right just like i don't know i don't know if i needed them to be like doing the swallow your soul uh stuff but played serious it's just like it seems wrong the dead
1: eggs have some range the dead it's type right, yeah.
0: It is funny though that such an integral part of these Evil Dead movies and the reason why people go back to them over and over again is Bruce Campbell. And yeah. the fact that the two times they've reconfigured these movies into something different and modernized them, they've completely eliminated that sort of element. And I think it's because I mean, he's so hard to replace. And so who are you gonna find that's twenty-five years old that can be Bruce Campbell? You it's can't. impossible. That's, right. He's that's what we end up talking
2: about. That's what we end up talking about in the New Flesh is like fools Aaron to try to make this because no one's like you're gonna get the people like me who are mad that it doesn't have Bruce Campbell and are, are will argue that there's no one who could replace Bruce Campbell. It isn't. It's just like yeah, it's like a flawed premise. It's like you can't do it in a way that will please everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. I think it, it lacks the Bruce Campbell, but hey, the Bruce Campbell show exists for three seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. It has the practical cheap gore, um and it's out there on Netflix for the next six days before it disappears forever, which is so. insane.
0: I that is yeah. so. I just don't get. I mean, Netflix again, but it'll be up. it'll
1: be Tubi yes. or Pluto TV's gain because I imagine that's where it will end up within the next. Yeah, month. the
2: future of streaming is just. Uh, pay cable or a freak. No, basic cable with commercial. Yeah, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, Pluto's your freebies. Absolutely. These things. I watch a lot of Pluto. I watch way more Pluto than I would like to admit. But it's just streaming service of the people. It is exactly. And I'm of the people, as you know, salt of
1: the earth. And there may be enough content, maybe not after this movie, but at some point enough content for an evil dead channel on Pluto TV because they got the series they got now that's right. Five movies. Twenty four seven. Price is right. Twenty four seven. Evil Dead. I, I, love I, I think. I think in our lifetime we will see that on Pluto TV. But coming off of this Evil Dead Rise, like you said, it was going to be a straight to HBO streamo, and instead it's in theaters. It's a and win. Well, if we're
2: talking about box office stuff. It's definitely a oh, win. Oh, I mean, uh,
1: I think yeah. that horror movies—you really could make that judgment. I think. After the opening weekend or the second week, because of course this is gonna fall off a cliff in the next couple of weeks, but it Yeah, but yeah. But Sorry, I don't think ahead. it's gonna be smile, but I also don't think it's it's going no. to be, you know, Renfield it, for sure. It's not gonna it actually it opened like a million
2: more than smile, but will absolutely gross like half the yeah, mm-hmm. smile yeah. did. Yeah, which is really interesting always to think about. But yeah, I mean right now factoring in international, which did like 16. Evil Dead Rise is sitting at 40 already. And the budget for this one is rumored to be between 15 and 20. Oh, is that what we said? That, it's like that, 19 um, awesome. or something. Yeah. 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 So like this is already a hit and we're going to, I, I saw Bruce Campbell say the plan is, you know, to do one of these every couple years yes. instead of every 10 years, if this does well. And it mm-hmm. already did. And that Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi for the first time have like sat down and made like a Bible for future writers and directors to come on and like what you know there's like a general layout for what they would do in other ones so i'm awesome. like even though i wasn't you know the biggest fan of it or anything that's the nature of horror fandom you go see something you go yeah that was okay and you go i fuck i can't wait for the next one let's go right. i hope it does well i mean yeah th- that's how i feel it's
1: <laughs> where we're at with the modern scream series which is mm-hmm. yeah it is of course not the first two movies but for what scream has evolved into give us one so every much fun. year or so yeah i i am i'm so on
2: board i'm delighted that that movie's at like what over LeBron? 100 domestic Highest and domestic grosser of the series yep yeah and yeah worldwide it's like inching towards 175 yeah great terrific numbers i'm surprised we haven't seen a scream 7 announcement yet i'm sure that's held up by the fact that Radio Silence just signed on to do that Dracula thing. I bet yeah. the Scream people are like, "Fuck, right. what do we do?" <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I they, bet what happens is Radio Silence produces another one, new director for Seven comes out next year. That's my prediction. But they haven't announced anything yet. Yeah. which is surprising. I
0: I think I agree with you. I think that's what's happening is the machinations are going on where it's like, okay, how do we? Who do we have in line to do this that we trust? that it's not going to make fans be like, oh, you're yeah, going to just... to
2: think of who yeah. I'd even
0: want for that. That's tough. Like, Shh,
2: sh, sh. like a Ty West or something would be like an amazing get. But like, I feel like he wouldn't want to do that. It's I don't
0: too, know. Yeah, Ty West. And he's on such a role now with uh, with X and he's, Pearl. With, and... Oh, yeah, making X films only. Could, I mean, could... Pearl is one of my favorite films of the last 10 years, I think. Could, yeah, could it's it's the next
1: gr- could the next scream movie be the get back on the right box office track move for Ari Aster could coming off. But was <laughs> afraid. He's like, all right, let me write the, the fu- ship. Just get it, get a quick hit in the, there. And Ari the Aster directs thing I saw, the screen
2: movie. The funniest thing I saw him say on a Reddit AMA was that he wants to direct a don't wake daddy movie, like an adaptation <laughs> of, the, of, the, the, of, the, of the board, board game, game. Wow. which if you think about it from Ari Aster, I'm like, that would be the most fucked up thing on earth if you made a Don't Wake Daddy movie. Like what That's would that be about?
0: An amazing yeah. idea. I would definitely <laughs> yes. I would definitely buy a ticket for that.
2: Hasbro, Mattel, whoever it is, make that happen. A- and on. that
1: is it a, a way for a, a Ari Aster type director now to get a 100 million dollar budget. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. he'll be able <laughs> to do Don't that. Like Daddy. <laughs> if he does is yeah. Don't Wake Listen, they've been they have been trying to make Don't Wake Daddy. I want Daddy Final Cut on Don't Wake Daddy. Yeah. Ari Aster gets Final Cut on that. He's If he gets the budget to 95 instead of 105, then they give him Final Cut. <laughs> but, you know, that is a way for him to make that side. Like, they've been trying to make Don't Wake Daddy for 30 years now. So, <laughs> th- this, yeah. So, uh, with the Safety, d- I heard the Safety brothers are doing a Kerplunk movie. So that's probably why. <laughs> gritty. Yeah, Six gritty one. Kerplunk. I am um, very excited about this Evil Dead Rise. Let's give, I think we got to give, you know, you mentioned him before, but our man Zaz, David Zaslav, he put this in theaters and, you know, he came in and, and it was... Broken a, clock, right, twice a day. Well, situation. it was an interesting strategy where basically he looked at the, the HBO Max, whatever, movie slate and said, it's either going in theaters or it's going... Into the gravesite, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like I'm gonna take Evil Dead and Magic Mike and and House Party and those go to theaters and Batgirl.
2: Oh, I forgot about Magical Michael. Thank you,
1: Magical yeah. Michael's last. I mean, dance. Evil Dead sequel fir- to Magical Michael, extra extra large. Yep, and it's this is the first one that was a clear out and out success at the box office, and obviously well, Back Girl was that because yes. Magic Mike no promo. No problem. House it's party. No problem. No promo, no right? promo. No promo. Right? It is what was Evil Dead Promo? Pro, yeah.
2: Hella promo. Yeah. That's something that I'm sure we talked about last time I was on because it drives me fucking crazy that movie studios like will not market something and then be surprised it, it didn't make any money. Yeah. Because that's like we're about, if we want to transition right into the, the Covenant, let's that's do a it. Perfect example. Let's yeah. Do let's it. do it.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Jake uh,
0: Gyllenhaal. What are we gonna do with Jake Gyllenhaal? What are we gonna do with him? Where does he fit in as a modern? Uh, movie you know where actor. he fits in he fits in perfectly on Hot Ones, I gotta say. Really great episode of
2: Hot great Ones hot to promote ones. this movie Yeah, uh, last week.
1: It's that's unfortunately though, the, the plight of a lot of modern movie actors is their best showcase is being on an internet talk show.
2: And mm-hmm. Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal
1: it's a is in that spot. He's a he's a guy who obviously y- y- you're fine with seeing in a Big Marvel movie, you know, as a side character, as a villain, but he is obviously past the point of being someone who could carry a movie as the reason to go see the movie at, mm-hmm. at a blockbuster level. Yeah, you know. Well,
2: yes, I agree with you a hundred percent. um To go back to, we're talking about the marketing and the lack of it, and i the Warner Brothers situation specifically, Magic Mike. Yeah, look at if you look at the Magic Mike box office for the other ones. It is such it's talk about like Disney being negligent with their product and turning red and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like like Magic Mike made $170 million worldwide. Yep. Magic Mike extra extra large made $123 million worldwide. And Last Dance barely made fifty-five or something. Yep. Like they completely mismanaged the situation there was little to negative awareness that this movie even existed like yeah mo- people in my life who love magic mike had no idea it was coming out it was a complete um whiff, and i think that is true also of the covenant mm-hmm. a movie that i wasn't aware of at all except my podcast co-host every now and then film critics who are more film critic than i who'd actually get you know, make a living doing it Mm -hmm. and stuff. Occasionally, they will get invited to like a super early screening and they ask for your input about it and stuff. So my buddy Jesse had seen The Covenant super early and just kind of waved it off and said he didn't like it and it was bad. So I just like, I knew it existed, but didn't think much of it. And then I just never heard of it until it was like I had a screening for Mm -hmm. it and it was coming out. And we have, we can talk about how it's a month since Operation Fortune Bomb. Yeah. For Guy Ritchie. Uh, Just like two movies, but it's got to be, tough to be guy Ritchie at the moment or i guess it's not because he's still just cranking out movies um anyway the covenant what i will say surprisingly really good movie okay wow that's what's surprising that's what's really surprising to me about this is with not even just negligible from a if you had marketed it people would have shown up perspective which is a hundred percent true but they're leaving money on the table in this is like an Oscar play to me. Interesting that they, missed, that they, that they botched. Like this could have wow. been. uh Harold did like. If you look at the, I'm sure the reviews are good. It's a good movie. I haven't checked Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's got an 81. Solid. Um, it's a. It's a, It's definitely maybe one of Guy Ritchie's like best movies in that it's like his most restrained. Like you're not gonna see any Guy Ritchie flourishes in this movie. Um, it's just like a straightforward war movie that itself is kind of morphing from one type of war movie to another like a behind enemy line situation than a different type of situation okay and it's about the how the bureaucracy of of the u.s military sucks and is horrible to these local afghans who are um you know translating for us and 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 risking their lives and it's a movie that really makes you feel that issue and so like the action like the crowd i saw it with stood up and fucking cheered at this movie Wow, has that like it has that, like, Heartland, Middle America, oorah, jingoistic shit going on. But, but you saw it in New York. It's harder than that. I saw it in New York, and it still had that reaction. Wow. And, like, I think it's because the movie's really good. It's, like, strong, character-driven. It's about the Afghan uh, translator as much as it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's about their relationship. And it's about them saving one another. And it it's really good. I actually really recommend this one. And I'm just bummed that... I guess this is an MGM, which means
0: it's an Amazon. So I'm surprised. M- Amazon has money. It's, Spend the money to make money. It's MGM via STX. So I don't know oh, the situation sorry. was there. So yeah. maybe okay. it was a purchase, Amazon-
1: perhaps like getting yeah. STX out of some some you know gambling debts or whatever's yeah. going on with their finances. This, but just a little bit to back you up. I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you, Pat, but a Cinema Score. Okay. Wow.
0: Wow. And post-track yeah, audiences of course. Of course. gave it 92% positive and 77% recommend, right? So that is exceptional. Guys, of course, this was guy skewing. 60% showed up. 45 guys of those, which, guy, so Guys, Richie. Guys, Richie. So
2: what we call ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: The guys who show up opening weekend. Absolutely. So 45% between 18 and 34 Largest quad being 25 to 34, and that's 27%. And me, 44% baby. Caucasian, 30% Hispanic and Latino, 10% Black, and 15% Asian.
1: Okay. Right?
0: So, I mean, pretty diverse yeah. for for this sort of movie. Right. Imagine
2: so, if people knew it, was, it existed. That's imagine. the thing.
0: And, well, also imagine, and I'm sorry, imagine Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't the guy in it. Because I, I do think that people do not look at him as a must see. He is not a butts in the seats guy. So if you have a great movie like this and he's a, a good actor, I'm not saying he's not a good actor, but I just don't think he's a draw well, for this so like, sort of movie. I'm trying
2: to, you're right. I'm trying to think of like, is the biggest grossing Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Something like, I mean, obviously Spider-Man, but like besides that, not is it? Something, is it, is it, is it yeah, is it like Prisoners, which like I, was sneakily a hit, but like
1: isn't? I don't. I, just, I mean, could, must be Prisoners. Could the one? Thing. What was like, the one know. he did with Anne Hathaway where they were both naked a lot? Like twelve years ago. Uh, that's, I, don't I don't think. think is that there was any a way hit. that like that sneakily is at like fifty-eight million? Because something like Prisoners is. Like a fifty million. No, you're right. You're
2: right. Well, love and other drugs was thirty two domestic, one hundred two worldwide. Okay. And prisoners is sixty one domestic, one hundred thirteen worldwide. That's
1: his range. I mean, unless there's something we're we're all forgetting, like as far as Jake Gyllenhaal's star vehicles, not just him Mm plugged in a franchise, or something like Prince of Persia, where. Yet made like 80 million. Day after
2: pollution. tomorrow was huge, but right. he wasn't the selling point. The, the yeah. effects were the same. Yeah, you can do that
1: every time for him. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: I think a problem. Wait a second. This can't be right. Oh, wait. No, never mind. I thought this was opening weekend. For a second, I thought it was telling me that Prince of Persia opened to 90, and I was going to be like, no fucking way. I'm going to yeah. eat my
0: hat on the air right now. Never That was mind. a I, terrible bomb.
1: I think a yeah, problem. That was all it made. <laughs> I think a problem for the Covenant 2 with Jake Gyllenhaal is the fact that. You see Jake Gyllenhaal in a war movie, and it makes you think of other failed war uh, movies he's been in, such as Jarhead, such as I feel like he. Has, I love like, that movie when it came out, and I wonder if it would hold up when I wasn't fifteen years old. Well, I, I think also that movie is is Spawn the eight direct to video action sequels that one don't of have my favorite. Gyllenhaal
2: one of my favorite examples of a of a movie that spawned a direct to video franchise that presumably has like none of the sardonic right. qualities that the original had, like like, like how there's like fifteen starship trooper sequels. Right yes. Right, you know?
0: Right. And I think <laughs> it, yeah, it's like... taking the concept seriously. Yes, like, like we're
2: Troopers gonna go fight pain. we're gonna go fight bugs. It was Let's a go.
0: satire, yeah. yeah.
1: It it, it, Hilarious. it is it is as if like, yeah, pl- there was like Platoon for Death Patrol and it's just a straight up action movie. You know, but I mean,
0: there may be there may be there more may than be one a platoon. platoon.
1: Yeah, there may be a platoon for Death Patrol. But I yeah. think Jake Gyllenhaal. I, has, hear, I hear Apple's doing Schmig Platoon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Thank you. So the Covenant is also one of those movies where it probably is a better play if it opens in the fall instead of this weird April spot where you can't open a real serious Oscar contender and it's not time for like popcorn flicks action movies. I'm
2: actually, I'm I'm laying the blame at the hands of one Jesse Hassinger specifically. I think they screened it for critics. They heard from Jesse, the powerful host of the New Flesh podcast. Mm -hmm. He said to them that it wasn't any good. And they immediately scrapped all marketing uh, campaign for it. So it's sometimes we have a new flesh bump. This is a
1: situation where I think we fucked this one up. The okay. Through
2: no fault of my own.
1: Dang. Well, Jesse is not here to defend himself. So it is <laughs> his fault. And that'll be <laughs> how it goes. I mean, it's, That's a, the story. it's half your co host's fault, but also half Jake Gyllenhaal's fault for not being enough of a draw at the box office these last I, 15 I'm, years. I'm,
2: I'm sure you guys are sick of talking about Mario, and that's why well, we skipped
1: over it. No, let, let's no, talk, about about it. It? talk
0: about it. We're about to talk about it. Yeah.
2: Oh, OK. Go I was just going to say, thank you uh, for one second. I was going to say, what who, what on earth are those 21 theaters doing that decided to drop Super Mario Bros. I, this
0: I week? know. Who knows? What the
2: fuck is going on? You know, I think it I would love to an be... audit.
0: Yeah, some sort of some sort of fire, maybe. I do think it might have just been (laughs) one theater
2: burned down. Oh, yeah. 21 screens. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there was a collapse. Uh, There was like a a collapse or something that had to be what it was. I'm glad it didn't affect the bottom line. It it could be
1: that there were a few theaters that like we are selling too much candy and we're running out. And as a way of keeping ourselves from running out next weekend, let's get rid of the Mario screening. You know what? I think you're right.
2: I think they're gonna actually, because once they get the candy, I think you're gonna see next week a plus 21 again. Yes. Plus 21. Yeah. Come right back. yeah, yeah. They're yeah. gonna come
1: right back. Yeah, we got the Mike and Ike's in. Let's book Mario again for those theaters. We could fulfill orders. I mean, listen, super more I, I know on the new flesh, you try and keep everything that you talk about that you review horror lifestyle, horror adjacent. Um, I listen every week. I have not heard a full on Super Mario Brothers review on the new flesh. At this point, is there any way you could squeeze this in because it is such a phenomenon? Is there any (laughs) angle? I know Wario spoiler alert is not in this um, film if wario was in it could you have made the super mario brothers movie? if
2: wario was in it we would have main feeded it for sure okay. i do want
1: to say there is a patreon
2: paywall you oh. have to scale the paywall to find there the go. super mario episode which feels of a piece with the the super mario universe it's like the princess hiding in the castle or whatever um you have to kind of get into the castle to find the patreon episode um but we could find a way in via you know Bowser's kind of like an incel mm-hmm. creep in that movie. Yeah. So
1: that's pretty scary. Yeah, he's 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 a a little bit a little bit Bowser a little bit Joker now. And uh, yeah, I mean to the benefit of the box office obviously. I mean this new modern incel Joker Bowser is obviously what the people wanted.
2: I appreciate that um that song he sings, Jack Black sings in the movie is basically a gateway into Tenacious D for children. That's yes, what I'm that's, qualifying it you gotta as. You've got to
0: indoctrinate them early when it comes to the yeah. D.
2: And then you got to show them the pick of Destiny at the per, uh, the, per, the ripe age of like, I feel like a 12-year-old would love that movie. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I'd certainly
0: love that movie.
2: And I'm 30-something.
0: I ah. might start them out with the shorts. I might show them yeah, the HBO, HBO show. show first. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: You could have the complete Masterworks DVD. It's
1: a really a helpful tool. I have that. Oh, um, I have that, that have as well.
0: That.
2: It's fantastic.
1: Yes. Do you think KG was able to at least get an audition for a voice role in the Super Mario Brothers movie?
2: I hope he's like one of the little Goomba things or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would hope he. I would hope he found his way in there. And I think Jack's a good enough friend that. uh I still don't know how Jack has pull at Universal, but you know what he does now. And the sequel, KG is definitely in the sequel. Oh, We're gonna hear some yeah. Rage Cage. We're
0: gonna hear some KG, Rage
2: Cage. Is he like? Wario Waluigi, there are some interesting characters that Rage Cage could play. I think as oh, long as that, he those gets, are too big. Yeah, those he, are too big.
1: He's just looking to to get him. You're thinking like keep yeah, him on like his like health shy insurance. Guy. He, shy guy. Yeah,
2: maybe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just, Kyle Gas as the shy guy.
1: Yeah. Just just so that he's able to continue to to meet his Sag dues every year. I, I think. Yeah, that, he yeah. He needs that health
0: care. He needs that health care now. Real quick, let's just talk this this drop thirty seven percent. Fifty eight point two. That is the best third weekend for a animated film ever. Wow! So this Louise. thing keeps chugging along. I mean, what more can we say about Mario? I mean, it's it's a just there's lion. no
2: movie that's going to beat it this year. Can you think of anything? There's nothing that comes close to even thinking. I I, I think it might possibly eclipse. I, I, mean, it. I mean,
0: could Fast and Furious won't. Uh, no.
1: Guardians won't. No. Marvels uh, won't for sure. I mean, I think the the one we've talked about a few times is if the uh, the the Top Gun Maverick love is so Effect. strong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mission
2: Impossible could do. It's going to do very well. I do but not it, think it's going
1: to do that big. It
0: you know? won't do Mario money.
1: No. No. Yeah. And this the summer is just such a you know talk about. Cannibalizing. I mean, it is just week after week after week. Huge movies. It's going to be tough for uh Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One to have a Maverick type run in this summer when there are just so many huge movies opening every week. Whereas yeah. Mario right now has the the. I mean, it has this coming weekend too, pretty free and clear. I mean, it's. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It looks like a solid movie that critics are liking and should do. It's well, quite like good. Yeah. I think that's going to do very well. Like,
2: I think it's going to do well because it's a good movie, but also it's going to do well because, like, didn't all these movies that are like best-selling books and that one's like an iconic, really old book? But like, you know, Crawdad Sneaky yeah, did right. really well, right? right like, it's right. something. It, it feels like something like that. Right, and
0: this movie awesome. is for. Uh, young girls, and there's not much yeah. that is exclusively for them at the box yeah. office right now. And yeah. I think there's a lot of bro stuff. It's a sausage fest here at the movie theaters, and I think that's going to be great. It's counter programming and of course, you know, wanna be o boys, wanna be o girls, wanna be o people, people, people can all go see it. It's not just for women, but. I do think there's going to be a strong contingent of women going to see this movie because, yeah. again, like Mario, it is a generational book. This is a book that sixty-year-old women know about. Right, right, right. Yeah,
2: all but the way down the bloom, to five-year-old. The
1: Bloomheads. The, the Bloomheads bloom are out. Yes, she's they will a be very beloved figure. But even with that, you could still chalk this up as like Mario has a pretty big weekend ahead of it until the following weekend when Guardians comes out and truly gives it that kneecaps. Yeah, truly kneecap Mario. Mario is going to it's it is amazing if right now we are witnessing the run of the biggest movie of the year, but that is very possible. We are. I think the other one I'll throw out there in a similar category, and I don't think it will. But I do. Guy Ritchie's the covenant. Guy Ritchie's over for it. It, it. I'm sorry. If it has that big second weekend hold, it's got a chance. But I. Mafia think,
2: Mama could hang in there and make a,
1: a million dollars, maybe. Listen, I've try. been tooting the horn to the Mafia Mama for a long time, but the Wild Italians movie. at the box office were doing great with Mario, with Mafia Mama. But I think representation Little, matters. Little Mermaid, I think is the is the one sneakily. Nope. I I again, I don't think it will. It lo- it does not look very good. But you can't discount those Disney classic yeah. air remakes. Look at that Beauty and the Beast total. It's, I mean, it's I remember
2: I remember poo pooing the Lion King right. even after that. Right, and it's it's still just what gross 1.6 billion dollars right. like yeah so I, it's going to do fine Oh, yeah. no,
0: i mean i think little Mermaid's going to be huge i just can't see it beating mario but no, uh real quick because i know we're running long yeah, we, i yeah. do that's have a my fault i won't stop talking
2: no, it's, it's totally fine
0: this is amazing we need the state of horror we need to yeah. know the state of horror this is very important for and everybody. you need me to
2: say things like uh are you there god it's me margaret one of the other key marketing points is Rachel McAdams is Mommy and Benny Safty is Daddy.
1: That, I mean, that's huge, yes, and it's that's huge on amazing. TikTok and that's the audience that this movie needs, that it needs us to Excuse be Excuse me. I should have it.
2: said Rachel McAdams is mother. That is what the kids say. Excuse uh, me. Well, Ma-
1: mother. Okay. We can edit that out and put it back. Well, on. mommy's yes. with the maggots now, of of course.
2: Mommy's with the maggots now. Mother is Rachel McAdams yeah. and daddy
1: is Benny yeah. yeah, And mom is in the, the mafia.
0: So uh, yeah, mom is in the mafia. So everything's upside down and turned uh, right side up. Now, This movie, Nefarious, we were talking about this. I don't know if you Uh, heard us. Is this a horror movie? Is this a religious horror movie? What is this movie?
2: Yeah, it's a sneaky anti-abortion right-wing movie that has horror tinges. It's like a guy on death row talking to a reporter movie. Uh, That's all it is. There's not really a... Well, oh, that's not true. The supernatural element is the guy on death row claims he's the devil or, or a demon. A demon named Nefarious. His name is Nefarious. Okay. okay. Sean Patrick Flannery plays Nefarious. Wow. And
0: it is somehow. That's
2: that's actually a B.O. Boy scoop. No one saw that movie. That's actually a scoop from me.
0: Now, I don't want to. Listen, Pat, you can can stop talking if you want to not step in it. But I'm just so curious that I did not know that this was an anti-abortion movie oh no the movie is very sneaky about it it like very it's deliberate that you don't know that i would say wow until i get there and that's the nefarious part of it is that it's exactly you watch it the whole way and the twist is it's anti-abortion
2: if you want glenn beck and or glenn beck's people at blaze to to yell at you just be sure to like mention that you use the word nefarious in your tweet about this episode they will find you and they will yell at you wow they'll let
1: yell at us just just outright just for my using buddy, that
2: word in a tweet my, if 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 no they will listen and find out that we made fun of it and will yell at us about okay it. Uh, my buddy mark dusick who i host my other show with roger and me he's been a film critic for 20 something years mark reviews movies.com great critic he wrote a very fair review of that movie, actually way kinder than he should have been. Yeah, and the producers on Twitter were just blighting him up, uh, and they got like one positive review, and the guy was very happy to tout it. But he was also singling out people on Twitter, which is very fun. But that's neither here nor there. The movie is atrocious. Okay,
1: I, I, now- I will say I I do have an interest in. Glenn Beck listening to all of our Evil Dead and Mario content because this is deep into. Yeah, the Yeah, you can definitely
2: you can bait him. You can bait them in and get them. Interesting, interesting.
1: It. Yeah, we did. We did a. Little bit of production company research as we talked through this a few weeks ago and figured Look out that. Look at the writer.
2: W- Look at the writer. It's like the God's Not Dead guys, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. they, is, this production company is an affiliation with the production company that did all those movies. So we thought it could be mm. religious. They're, yeah.
1: And I think they called a, it their Dimension Films esque shingle, you know, that this was yeah. going to be the Dimension. <laughs> or films like, to their I mean, New yeah, yeah.
0: Or it could be Scary Madison to Happy Madison. Which right. is it's also like, you there. know,
2: it's kind of genius for them, right? Because they've already hit that faith-based market. Like, I'm sure you've talked about the Jesus Revolution that oh, took hold yeah. to of America. 100%. And $52 million or whatever. It, it's gross. Um, it feels like they're taking their faith-based mm-hmm. shit, which is a box office success, and now they're plugging in horror, which is a box office success, mm-hmm. and trying to see if they can strike lightning at the same time. Uh, and you know what? They've made what? two and a half million dollars on that very crappy movie so i think it's working yeah it's not quite
1: winnie the pooh blood and honey level money but it's 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 in that ballpark you
0: know what we should try to do we should try to recycle our terrifier 2 vomit picture and claim that we took that picture at uh nefarious okay. and see yeah. if that just, baits them. Uh, this is yeah. what happened
2: when at the moment when it revealed it was anti-abortion this I is what wow.
0: <laughs> yes yes this that was. would
2: make you you could be a you could be the twitter person of the the main the main what is it what do they used to call main it character the main twitter. character of the day yeah, yeah. you'd be the main character of the day on twitter with that one well That's well, it could well be
0: just like bean dad yeah
2: you could be you could get milkshake
1: ducked in quick in quick <laughs> fast. Well we'll we will let oh, yeah. our our incredible intern, wannabe o intern, Christopher, handle the fallout of all of this, and I'm sure he will do a great <laughs> job at that. So of all our good intentions. Yeah. Christopher uh, prepare to deal with a bean de- a bean dad-esque situation. Uh, some coming. feral hogs yeah, w- situation. Who was the, the guy who ate the shrimp? He said he ate. A- oh, Jensen, a
2: Jensen carp situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hot Carl, hot, yeah, hot Carl. Yes. So want
1: to want to be a intern, Christopher, get get some uh, disease shrimp ready or whatever that situation <laughs> was. And
0: you married know. to Daniel Fisher of Boy
1: Meets World. So he's panga. Carp, so he's, panga. he's still yeah. he's still got a roof over his head. So it all worked out. He's um, having the best week ever. Let's one, <laughs> one to VH one one oh, yeah. last I quickie I want to throw out there real quick. I feel like this is slightly horror adjacent. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. This movie is now up to eighty two million dollars, had a really good hold again, twenty eight percent, five point four million We should
2: mention four five six are all within like the margin of error. Any of these yeah. could be number four, yeah. I
1: think, on Monday. It's, yeah, that's it, interesting. It's very it's happened recently a few times, I think. I, so Dungeons & Dragons, I, I got to see this because I, I keep hearing good things. I think you'll like it. Most people like it. I'm the stick in the mud on it.
2: But okay. I, I understand that people are enjoying it and having a good time with it. There's there, I definitely – there are things I really admire about it and jokes I think are very funny. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is just a little too much for me. But I think – I was one of the biggest naysayers of this movie from, like, trailer drop immediately was like, this is a huge bomb. I can't believe they Mm -hmm. they spent money on this. Mm -hmm. And I was
1: wrong. I will admit, I will eat crow. I will eat Russell Crowe on that one. You will eat Russell Crowe on it? Well, the thing is, it's in this weird (laughs) box office zone of... It's at 82 million. Yeah. Is Will it a success it, or is it not? It, it's <laughs> it's it's Schrodinger's box office right now. We don't know whether the box office is, is dead or alive, but we know it's in that box. I,
2: my prediction is, I mean, it's almost at 200 million worldwide. Like they're going to I think they're going to be happy with what they made on this one and like walk away. I do not think they're going to franchise this because I don't think it made enough for that. But I think it made enough for everyone who involved will be very happy and then it'll just be d- one and done.
0: Yeah, do you- I mean, right now it's pacing only two percent uh, above what the Power Rangers movie did, which is the comp that Anthony D is for Disney D Alessandra used in his deadline articles and he continues to do it. It's yeah, the, but what did Mendelssohn use as a comp? That's what I want to
1: know. There That's you a go. Great
0: question. We got to have Mendelssohn on to <laughs> talk on about D and D. We definitely he's We're gonna try and get him for uh, the Guardians around that time. Get get mm, the man, nice. the myth, the legend on, and we'll talk D and D there. But me and Pat were saying that it's it's feels like there's just so much richness that you can dig from the D universe that it's like are they really going to strangle it in its crib because i, I just feel yeah, like I if this it movie
2: performed
0: yeah it did if, overperform
2: for them yeah but
0: if it doesn't get a sequel then it's dead they're right, not yeah. going to do anything else D related because they haven't done anything else power rangers related right. in that universe i mean of course they're doing the, the that netflix thing terrible yeah. looking oh my god You know, listen, everybody who's in some sort of sci-fi show now, stay camera ready in case 20 years later they want (laughs) to do a reunion movie. Just trust me. Just go to the gym. I know it might be like workout, use creams, do whatever. Stay away from the sun. Don't drink so much. Make sure you're camera ready because you will get a chance to do a Netflix or whatever streaming service is in existence movie down the line, and you need to be camera ready because if you're not, it just makes me feel so sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I so true. I mean, we we got our email a couple of weeks ago from Adam from the Stacks, who is very much into the D and D extended universe, and his point was that this is such a rich IP with so many successful offshoots aside from just the main Dungeons and Dragons world that he sees this as a potential gigantic cinematic universe it's just yeah again it's schrodinger's box office because if this movie tops out in the 90s which it probably will maybe it squeaks to 100 is that enough to warrant a sequel brett you're shaking your head i think so yeah and i mean
2: just want to say for the listeners who aren't watching on YouTube, you got to watch on YouTube. I'm doing, I've been
1: mugging. Yes. Premium mugging. This, yes. whole episode. this is 90s Jim Carrey level face work here. I mean, this yeah. is just the whole
2: time. You should have seen it when he was listing the top 10. It was out of control. Out of control. Yeah, um.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I'm going to predict we will get a theatrical sequel with wow. this main cast. I, I just feel like, They'll take their chance. I do got to see this film myself. Yeah, I'm surprised
2: you haven't. What the hell's going I, on? I've got We're to see it.
1: I've, I I I do have to see it, and of course, Clayton must see the Super Mario Brothers movie in theaters before this run is over because it is a. Please weigh run, in on this, Brett.
0: Run. Please weigh in on this. Do I have to see Mario to no. report on? Thank you. I am oh. not a
1: critic, huh? Yeah. Right. Not yeah, no, a,
2: you're a box office pundit
1: Yes, so not at a quality you, you, level You hover
2: above it all
1: You don't yes. have to but, yeah, no. Thank but,
0: you, I'm a god-like eye Over all things, so I don't have to Necessarily
1: interact with them To see them No, You see them without seeing them God you know I mean? has to watch every movie That is no, Whether it's an Evil Dead movie Whether it is a anti-abortion Horror movie, he's watching them all and I Wait. Think so that... then,
0: I then do I have to see *Nefarious* by that uh, by that logic? Pat? No, you just
1: you have to see the biggest box office movie of the year, which is *Super Mario Brothers* movie. This is like me when I like I literally haven't seen
2: *Avengers: Endgame* and stuff like that, like the biggest movie of all time. I haven't seen *Civil War*. I I, I refuse, and I re- I I respect his gambit, and he shouldn't have to see it.
0: Thank you. It- thank well, you that's we, that's too the that, way that, that's this that's, has
1: not been settled brett can settle horror related <laughs> yeah i'm uh, out of my issues, jurisdiction. but the, yeah you you're you you're out of your jurisdiction here uh as much as we yeah, love and respect fair. you super that's mario fair. brothers i think this is more of a, a scott mendelson debate to weigh <laughs> it on <laughs> okay um, for sure is there so is there anything uh very 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 quickly last thing uh brett Bo is afraid this movie is a uh, much talked-about online movie. Of course, it is Ari Aster's uh, follow-up to Midsommar, and it is in its wide release this weekend. It made a total of two point seven million dollars. Uh, of course, it did. Who who would have thought this movie was going to make it? It's it's his personal film. That is, of course, going to be polarizing. It's a to New York-esque. I haven't seen this yet, but I feel like that's the vibe I'm getting from it. And, of yeah. course, this was never going to break out the way Midsummer uh, or Hereditary did. And I'm sure everyone involved knew yeah. that.
2: This was 824 paying a premium tax to keep Ari Aster at, at their home base. Exactly. That's right. what it is. It's definitely a negligible right off for them. It's not going to make, I think the budget was 35. Yes. And I'm sure there's a bunch of marketing on top of it. Um, I don't think it's going to get there, but it's going to make, a, it'll make a 15 to 20 worldwide total probably right. or something right. like that. And it'll, it'll have its fans and it, there's a world I can see in which Patti LuPone squeezes out of the best supporting actress nomination. I would love to live in that world. Interesting. I think the movie is a little too strange for that world, but she's so good in it and i don't know it's not like a it's definitely not an A24 like everything everywhere all at once situation where it's going to be like a groundswell around it in, at the end of the year like there will not be it is very polarizing but i think it's great it played in IMAX exclusively in LA and New York mm-hmm. for a week and the, it it's has to be the weirdest movie to ever play on an IMAX screen it was very cool to see that way um i saw it twice as a I don't know. I feel like the target audience of that movie is Jews. If you're okay. a Jew, you'll love it. Jews with anxiety or people with anxiety, right? Right, right. Anybody. It's it's a. It's not a horror movie like you'd expect from him, but it, it is first and foremost a comedy. And the first, um, several, um, the first forty five minutes are like the funniest. Movie I've seen in years, and then like the rest wow. of it is also very funny but deranged in different ways. Um, I can't recommend it enough, but it's definitely polarizing.
1: I, I I definitely want to see this movie, and I totally think you nailed it. This is them. It costs us this amount of money so that he'll do his next movie for a twenty four, and I assume Ari Aster's next movie will not be so hyper specific. They'll get him to do a whether it's horror or just a you know. Dramatic Oscar Beatty for him type of movie that they then feel okay, this could actually make sixty to eighty million dollars at the box office.
2: Right. I mean, both Midsummer and Hereditary are like hits, good for a twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they want them there. They want them there, hitting doubles. So they let them, you know, go a little crazy with this one. And God bless them. That's God what bless. that's what the studio system is for. You know, yeah. it's one of the best. It's one of the best examples of a personal like one for me that I've ever seen. It's just such a great like someone using studio money to fund a very personal project.
0: It's great. Right. I'm excited to see it. That's great.
1: Do a double bill of uh, Bo's Afraid and Super Mario Brothers very soon, Clayton. I think that's the way to go to get. Now, how conscious do
0: I have to be? If I go to Mario and I sleep the entire time, does it count?
1: I think you can sleep. Sixty percent of the movie, and that'll count. I think you could you could definitely go in needing and uh needing to catch up on sleep and we'll let that okay. count. we'll negotiate exact uh awake percentages, but that could be part of it.
0: I'll run around the track for a few hours and then I'll go in there and take a snooze
1: perfect, so guys, I think we have done it, so oh, uh listen you want to email the B.O. Boys, of course, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, predictions, so on and so forth. Give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Give, of course, The New Flesh a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And subscribe if you haven't already. I mean, I I feel like uh, this is going to be a huge subscriber boon coming out of this A-plus appearance on this episode. So check out The New Flesh. Give all of us five stars helps listeners find all of these podcasts. We are YouTubers now, so smash that like button. There it is down there. Smash that subscribe button. Smash, smash, smash. Uh, Is your show, Brett, are you a YouTuber? Is The New Flesh on YouTube? The New Flesh is not on YouTube, but my other show, Roger
2: Ebert and Me, is on YouTube. Oh, excellent. yeah, I am you're making I re, I should be on YouTube. There's no reason I'm not. So we should get on there. Yeah. Right. Become
1: a YouTuber, be, uh, man. Yeah. It's great. Well, you're already yeah. a YouTuber. Be a double YouTuber. Be a be, a, YouTube- be a double yeah. youtuber. Yeah. Two timing. Two tuber. Um, and of course, follow us on social media at the BO Boys Pod and wanna be intern. Christopher may be dealing with uh, a vast uh, controversy coming his way. So as he listens to this episode. You know, just get yourself mentally, physically prepared to deal with whatever's coming at you. Follow us at of, the Vo Boys Pod on all platforms, but I think just on Twitter. Uh, is a vast
0: right-wing conspiracy, as they
1: say. As they mm-hmm. say, big big pull there, Clayton. Way to go, uh, Brett. Anything else you would like to plug regarding upcoming episodes? What, what is on tap for the 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 next episode of the New Flesh? What are people going to hear? Oh
2: God. Well, the Evil Dead Rise episode yes. is out um, right now. Actually, I'm sure it comes out the same exact moment mm-hmm. that this one drops. Um, but we were actually the, we were at the end of the episode. We were devamping to try and figure out what we're doing next week. And we had nothing. But since then, I've figured out there are actually three new horror movies out on Friday. So we'll be covering, I believe we'll be covering The Artifice Girl, which is like a low budget sci-fi thing that I enjoyed. Uh, A movie called Zisu that I didn't enjoy that much. And then a horror movie called Clock is coming to Hulu. um, And I think we'll cover that. So it's one of those like weeks where there's not a lot happening. So we'll actually end up covering a few things. And there's also a shark, a giant shark movie coming out called Black Demon. But like Mm -hmm. these are very below the radar, not on box office radar because they're very low rent. So that's the kind of week it is. But but (laughs) But even uh, in a
1: week like that, it just shows horror never stops because you just never stop you just name four movies coming out. One of them's a Hulu movie. So it's it's a it's very accessible movie. On a week where there's quote unquote nothing, there's a lot. Yeah.
2: And every Mm -hmm. week there's nothing, there's like twelve on the Roger and me show. So there's always too much wow I'm, I'm
1: drowning in film wow yeah well what a way to go huh drown in film that's <laughs> he the way i, I want to go lived. yeah so all right i think clayton i think we've done it so there's nothing left to say is there no there's nothing left to say except for until next time will, will
0: smell, smell.
2: Uh, Nailed
0: it. Nailed yeah, it. Nailed it.